Hi, everyone, and welcome to Viva La Flora Live Podcast, where we bring you the art and business of flowers. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, and welcome back to Viva La Flora Live Podcast. Today's podcast is going to have lots of energy. We're talking to Cece Todd. Well, if you don't know who Cece Todd is, you got to check it out because your world will be filled immediately with laughter, smile, and pink. Lots and lots and lots of pink. Before we get into this conversation, I just want to remind you that we are still giving away um, Kristen Gill's lovely, amazing book. Um, she, We've done an episode with her. Just go back and check that episode out. It is an amazing episode, amazing conversation with her. Her book is just stunning. Her Instagram is cultivated by Christine. Be sure to check all of that out. And at the end of December, we are going to give away one of her books to a one lucky winner. And the rules are simple. Leave us a review on iTunes, follow us on Instagram, tag a friend, and voila! And you may win one of her amazing books. Now, back to CC Todd. I love this girl. So I had a chance to meet her, I don't know, a few years ago. It was at one of the intrigue events or um, she came to um, attend some um, a business talk. I can't remember exactly what the context was, but nevertheless, I've never forgotten this lady because her smile, her energy was so contagious and infectious that since I started the podcast, I've been wanting to sit down and talk to her and here we are. We've talked about business, life. Oh, and everything in between. I really enjoyed my time with Cece. I hope you do the same. Just listen in. Well, hello there, Cece. Hello. How are you? I am so delighted to talk to you. I, I, I love you. I love your flower. I love your pinkness. Just love the energy it brings in. So yeah, when I think of you, I think of fun, energy, and pink. Lots and lots of pink. <laughs> <laughs> That means my branding worked very, very, very well. There you go. See, there you have it. <laughs> so I read your professional bio and we're going we're gonna to launch into all kinds of things, but I want to congratulate you first. Yes. This is so exciting. <laughs> um, clearly you did something right besides just the branding. Biz Bash 500. Yes. What? I'm so excited. Oh, tell us a little bit more about that. That's so well, exciting. I mean, it was one of those things that last year I got um, put on the top 1,000 list. And I was like, I mean, that's cool. But I mean, that's a lot of people. And I, for some <laughs> reason, they chose to like narrow it down to 500. And I didn't even realize how big of a deal it was till everybody started coming out of the woodworks. And we're like, did you know that you're on the Biz Bash Top 500? And I was like, no. I was like, but it's 1,000. And they were like, no, 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 no. They've shrunk it down to like 500. And I was like, holy jeez. So I just found out they just released it the past couple of days. And I mean, that's, I mean, I love that I make my clients happy and the people that I teach and educate happy. But when like, some complete unsolicited thing, just somebody plops me in a list like that. I There's not many things that render me speechless, but that was one of them. So I was very excited. That is exciting. Well, congratulations. You are clearly doing it right. So 
Let's dive in. How long you've been doing this business? How long you've been in this business? So uh, I have been in this business longer than it's, it's gotten to the point now to where it starts showing my age when I tell people how long I've been in it. Um, <laughs> I have been doing flowers in some capacity for 20 years, over 20 years now. Wow. Um, but I have only owned DCC designs for seven years. We are just now in our seventh year. So, um, yeah, so it's, I started off when I was, um, a lot of people know this about me, but my real career was supposed to be that I was going to be a recording artist and moved to Nashville. Um, I really wanted to be a R&B kind of country bridge singer that did not pan out. Um, and so when I was kind of struggling with what I wanted to do kind of in between while I was working on my album and things like that, I just wound up working at flower shops and didn't know anything about flowers. It's a really funny story, kind of how my very first job came about, but it was always something a lot of people fall back on waiting tables or people fall back on retail. But because I had gotten the flower expertise, I just always kind of dabbled in and out of doing flowers. And so that's so right around 2000 was when I first kind of was opened up to that world. And then it wasn't until after I had my daughter in 2013 that I decided to own my own business. And here we are. Wow. <laughs> But what's the funny story, though? How did you get in your first well, I, job? <laughs> Sounds like there's a story there. Well, I don't know if you can tell, but I can talk on one subject for the whole entire hour. So I'm trying to be like a conscious guest and shut up every now and then so that you can actually segue into other things. But if you want, like, if you just want me to run, we'll just go. But yeah, it was, it was that. It was, uh, it was in 2000 and I had just recently got married and I was getting fired from every job I had that was a desk job because I was not wired to be an, at a desk job. And so my grandmother had been a floral designer. My mom was very crafty. And so I was like, you know, that could be fun doing flowers. I don't know anything about it, but the only person I knew was the person that had done the flowers for my wedding. And so I went to him and said, Hey, you know, can I come work for you? I'd love to learn flowers. And he was like, do you have an experience? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, I don't have time to teach you. And he was like, so this isn't going to like, so no, I don't have a place for you. And I am one of those people that no does not sit well for me. I know I have now figured in my forties that I can whittle most humans away to you know, get the answer that I'm looking for. Um, And so I just kept going back. And every time I would go back and see him and his wife, he'd be like, so have you learned, you know, have you got some training? I was like, absolutely not. But I do think that you should hire me. And finally, I just worked him down until he was like, fine, fine, (laughs) fine. I will hire you. Um, If anything, you're persistent. So he hired me. And I had never done flowers and knew nothing about it. And he just kind of threw me straight into it. And um, probably after about being there three months, um, somebody came in and he realized that I was very take charge and just like, you know, like I love to just kind of usurp my management skills and all the things. And so a bride came in, he was like, go talk to this girl about her wedding. And I was like, I I, I don't know any, like I just started working for you. I don't even know how to do flowers, much less doing anybody's wedding. And he said, well, didn't you just get married? And I said, yes. And he goes, that's all you need to know. And I was like, okay. So 
per my normal self, I went and just BS to my way through the whole entire consult, booked her. He was like, that's it. You're in charge of weddings from here on out. Still knew absolutely nothing about them. I giggle to this day about how like the first five weddings I ever designed were exact replicas of my own because that's all I knew. If they wanted mm. some other color palette, I was like, no, no. I think that's why I'm so good at sales because that's how I learned how to hone my sales skills. It, you could only get what I knew and what I had learned from my very own wedding. And every wedding looked exactly like that. Probably the first five to eight that I did. And so I really started learning more about floral design. And I worked for him for about five years, became his lead designer, buyer, you know, ran the shop um, and literally honed my floral skills there. I have people ask me all the time, like, I want to be a floral designer. How do I get into it? What classes can I take? I'm like, listen here, you go work in a flower shop and you do 180 casket covers 356 funeral sprays and a few hundred baby arrangements. And let me tell you, they ain't nothing you can't do. So Mm -hmm. that is literally how I got started. And then just because I never wanted that to be my career, I I always would bounce around to other things, but I always came back to flowers in some capacity. Mm. That is so, so I, I'm listening to you and I'm like, okay, so my way of starting was slightly different. And I too reached out to every flower shop that I have known in the area. And they're like, well, you don't have experience. I'm like, well, I don't want a job. I, I'll intern for free. Can I come once a week or anything? And mind you, I literally had one day a week that I could do that, you know, uh, in, in all reality. And everybody's like, no. And mine wasn't that. It was, oh no, I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll just go do it on my own. So there, you know, it was kind of um, interesting. But in hindsight, I don't think I can work in a flower shop. My goodness. Yeah. If I did it now, I might murder someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's so funny is, <clears throat> and this is kind of probably segueing, segueing into something later, but, you know, we're so confined by this is the way things have always been done and this is the way things mm-hmm. work. And so, you know, when I, my daughter was born in 2013 and I did, I was in pharmaceutical sales. I thought it was going to be my dream job, the job that I always wanted, you know, outside of my singing career. And I hated it. It was miserable. And I remember my mom saying, well, let's just do weddings. Well, in 2013, here in most places, you didn't just do weddings. Like people mm. still went into a flower shop and that was where you got your wedding done. And there were some like Betty basement, you know, I mean, basement Bettys that did it. But on average, that was where you did. And I said, mom, I don't, I don't want to open a flower shop. I don't want to be tethered to a flower shop for 180 hours during Valentine's Day mm-hmm. and all the holidays and Mother's Day. And ne- no, I don't want to do that. And which is my apprehension of why I would never go back to a flower shop now. I remember my mom saying, well, well, let's just do weddings. I'm like, people don't just do weddings. That's not <laughs> a thing. What What are you talking about? That's, that, that's just, that's unheard of. And I remember my mom just being like, well, who says? I mean, who says? Like, who says that it has to be done out of flowers? Like, everybody. That's just what you do. And I just really, as like, I spend a lot of my life just pacifying my mother. I was like, fine, whatever. We'll just do weddings. <laughs> knowing, like, this is going to be an epic failure, mom, but that's fine. 
And she sold me on this bill, this bill of like, and you'll be able to see your daughter so much more. And it'll be like, stay at home. And we'll just do some on the weekends. I was like, yeah, that's great. You know, seven years later and halfway into world domination, that is totally not the case. But Mm -hmm. I do remember thinking that that was my biggest, people ask me all the time, you know, how did you decide to be an entrepreneur and own your, it's like, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never wanted to own my own business. I couldn't even balance my own checkbook. I did not. (laughs) I wanted to be a lady of luxury or a professional singer. These were my ch- these were my only lofty goal ambitions because that is not what I wanted. And it's just funny, haha, how God's like, "JK, we're going to do something else." And then I wind up doing what I do now and running my own business and never ever did I plan on this being the direction I was going. So, circling back, if I had to go work in a flower shop again, I literally think I'd probably murder somebody. Mhm. Same. Same. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't do it. I freelanced a few times and I'm like, um, more power to you for doing <laughs> it. It is not for me. No. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was not the dream I wanted <laughs> and it wasn't fitting in my life. You know, it was, I, I think it was all a matter of it didn't fit into my st- lifestyle, right. you know, and I'm like, you know, I kind of want to have a life along with that. And I want to make the decision when I want right. to be open, when I don't want to be open, you know, I don't want to have a nine to five that I have to be open because somebody may walk in, you know, there's plenty of those, but it's, it's interesting how things are changing and, you know, they were changing already prior COVID. And then with COVID, it's so unfortunate to see how many of those flower shops are closing down now, because I mean, how do you sustain a business in in this environment right now? And, and I am hearing some other ones opening, which is just the mm-hmm. strangest thing to me in the middle of all this. And these are the people who had the nine to fives in corporate setting. And they're like, I'm down with this. So this is what I'm going to do. And some of them, they're like, I just can't make it happen. So it's, it's a really strange pendulum swing that's happening. I'm not quite sure where we're going to land yet. So we'll- I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you. I mean, one of the biggest things that I I teach. And this is a funny little backstory about me too. I mean, when I first got into education, I really wanted to teach people how to do flowers properly because I felt very much like I had got my under underling, my, my, um, my mechanics, my foundations all came from working at a flower shop Mm -hmm. and we have no barrier of entry in our field. And that, you know, I saw so many people just being like, I'm going to be a floral designer. I'm going to be a wedding planner whatever it was. And so I, I really, got on this education spectrum to teach people how to do flowers right and properly and using the proper mechanics. But what it morphed into and what I'm more well known for is all the business failures that came along with not wanting to own my own business, not knowing how to own my own business and not running my business properly and really becoming so passionate about that and wanting to teach, which the majority of us are women, not all of us, but so many of us are women, Mm -hmm. you know, really wanting to get in there and teach people how to run a small business that has no structural design to like there. I mean, you go open a retail shop and you can Google how to run a retail shop. It's like you open it, you get a point of sale and this is what you do. And you lock the doors and you unlock the door and you need to, like, it's very clear. If you want to open a law firm, if you want to open a doctor's office, if you want to open a restaurant, there is no clear protocol to how you want run a small business, wedding industry, flower design, planner event. Like there's just not a 
blueprint for that. Mm. We were just all willy nilly just out here, just like, well, let's see if this works. And when I first started in 2013, there wasn't podcasts like yours and people willing to share information and groups like Christina's and Sarah's and mine Mm. that were just free. Like it wasn't out there. So literally the only way you could figure out how to do it was to attempt something, fail at it horribly and be like, that's not going to work. We need to try something else. So the heartbreaking part for me and what you just said about COVID is I have very much noticed a calling of our industry and all those people that were just willy nilly, just doing, you know, flowers as a side hustle, really weren't running it like a business, you know, used it as play money, checking account, you know, Mm -hmm. didn't really have a business license. Oh, wait, I need a con. Like all the people of that kind of mindset are the people we're watching go by the wayside right now. Mm -hmm. Close their doors. It's not even flower shops. I mean, flower shops are closing for a totally different reason, just because retail was struggling anyways. And now it's more struggling with people not leaving. But I mean, I'm sure you know a handful of people that were small wedding industry, not storefront people that are like, I've had to go back to nine to five job. I've had to close my doors. Mm-hmm. And it's because they weren't running their business right. And I thank God every day that I learned the hard way and still have not mastered it, but learned the hard way prior to COVID how I needed to run my business financially savvy and business wise, because let me tell you, COVID's hurting everyone. Mm -hmm. The ones that are still here and standing are the ones that were prepped and prepared and primed prior to COVID. And anybody that was just kind of like, yeah, I'm just here for the, you know, we're just doing flowers and weren't really taking the business side of it seriously are the ones that unfortunately we're seeing having to close their doors and are no longer around. And that's just so heartbreaking to me, Mm -hmm. both the brick and mortar shops and some of our friends that, you know, have been in the business, just be like, this isn't working anymore because of COVID. Well, it's, it's funny. You touched on so many things there. So many of my pet peeves, (laughs) you know, it's kind of funny. Um, A business side of things. It's, oh man, I, yeah, I, I stopped doing business. My, me personally, a few years back, that was by design. It wasn't that, you know, I, I didn't want to do weddings or things like that, but I stopped doing weddings, period, because I realized I didn't have my contracts where I wanted them to be. I didn't have my processes and systems and everything and all my checkpoints of what I wanted to be. I'm running five businesses and, and a side hustle and a hobby or whatever you want to call it. And it was a glorified hobby. I keep saying this and I'm like, this sounds terrible when you say this, but it was a glorified hobby. It wasn't a business at the time. Fortunately, last year I invested uh, tens of thousands of dollars financially, time-wise, all of it, set it all up in a way that my business actually is blooming and growing now. You know, and when COVID happened, I'm like, all right, I know financially I'm okay. I am one of the fortunate ones that even if my business tanks right now, my personal business tanks right now, we're okay. Like we're fine. Like financially I'm set, I'm fine. But then to see that all that hard work that I put into it last year to pay off in a way that it paid off. Oh my God. It's like music to my ears, but it was one of those moments. Like I had to sit back and be like, all right, well, this is great. I know how to run a business. I just need to run my business like a business, you know, but cool. 
I mean, I'm running a dental office, dental assisting school, consulting and this and that. I'm like, I, you know, it's like, come on. So yeah, that was, that was really, um, what I realized there was a mindset shift that had to happen. Not necessarily, I didn't know how to run a business. I just had to change my mindset, the way I looked at things and boom, it clicked. And I'm like, you know what? Until everything is done perfectly, we're not going to do it. And so that was, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. There was some, yeah, fortunate thing that I just decided 2019 was the year that I'm just going to literally hone in and set everything up. And 2020 is when I'm starting the weddings and COVID hit. And I'm like, ooh, okay, what am I going to do now? And now I'm booking weddings like crazy. Right. It's like, okay, all right, this is good. Well, I mean, I like this. we come a lot from a mindset of just do it, you know, like, right. hey, you know, you want to do this, live your dream, quit your job, go st- mm-hmm. like there's power in that. I, I am not def- like, I'm not saying don't do that. But, but then we get into this pattern of like, well, then we created all these wrong processes and Mm -hmm. we didn't really know what we were doing, but like we're here. So let's just keep going. And what's, what's, what we're doing is working for us, but then we don't really realize that it's not really working for us. So like the fact that you had the foresight to be like, no, we're going (laughs) to stop this. We're going to fix everything that's jacked up. And we're going to, because like you said, you were running real mainstream businesses. But what you had is you had a different mind. You weren't looking at your floral design business as the same as, as a dental, you know, dentistry business or school. Mm -hmm. It was like, it got this subcategory of like, oh, well, that's my special child. And it really shouldn't be looked at that way. Mm -hmm. It's still a business. I tell people all the time, if you think like a small business, you will always be a small business. If you think like a Fortune 500 company, you could very well possibly be a Fortune 500 company. There's nothing stopping you. You Mm -hmm. are only constrained by the power of your own mindset. So you saying that you had to just change your mind. So many people, like I said, not trying to like, I am, I am a woman, I am pro woman, but like, a lot of times we're like, well, our husband makes some money. So this is my side hustle. This is my play hustle. I don't even need to make this a thing because my husband, you know, da, 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 like whatever kind of pattern or social situation you find yourself into, we have a tendency to like demean what we're mm-hmm. doing. Like it's mm-hmm. just for pleasure. It's just for fun. I don't need to because I'm going to be a mom or, you know, I can't do both. Bullshit. Oh, sorry. But I mean, it is. It is. I mean, 100% agree. My God. Yes. Absolutely. It's all bullshit. So run that company like you're Oprah and you're running Mm -hmm. the O network. I mean, that's how you should be looking at it. And because of that, because I didn't have the luxury, like, and I mean this in a good way, I didn't have the luxury of shutting my business down and saying, let's fix this and get it right. Because I was, I had already usurped myself and my company as the lead breadwinner in my family. And I was providing for, Mm -hmm. I made my husband quit his corporate job, you know, so. It was a fix and go kind of thing. God, I would have loved to have had the ability to like pull back and just quietly restructure, but Mm -hmm. I had to learn on the go. And it's all about being open-minded and seeing your flaws in where you're doing things and fixing them. But I'll tell you like one of the biggest wins for us was I saw so many people when COVID hit because they weren't running their business right. They weren't mm-hmm. paying themselves a salary. How many times do you hear this? People are like, 
well, I don't, you know, I, I don't pay myself a salary. I just kind of take money out as I need it. Um, so they no. weren't running their business right. They weren't paying themselves a salary. If they were paying themselves a salary, it was just kind of like, well, I'm just going to take a little bit. You know, I'm just going to pay myself $300 a month. And then whatever profit I make at the end of the year, that's really my salary. You know what? Those are the people that have had to shut their doors. You know why? Because when the PPP came around uh-huh. and all of those small business loans, you know what they were based on? How much you paid yourself as a salary. And let me tell you, uh, yeah. we would have not had my fabulous SK snatch a knot in us about a year and a half to two years ago about how the finances of our company were set up, how I had to get, like we had just recently gone from me making a percentage of every wedding to me making a salary that was the same thing every single month. And mm-hmm. because I had that, I mean, does you no good to get a PPP loan to keep all of your employees going if you can't get the money to keep yourself? And like, that's great yep. to pay my employees to be here, but I've got to go get a part-time job working like that. I mean, it makes no sense. And so many people, because they weren't running their business right, they weren't mm-hmm. paying themselves a salary or they weren't serious of how they were paying themselves a salary, wound up going under because they could get no financial help from the government. And it all came down to how you were running your business. And it, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's wow. huge. Like yeah, that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, dear Lord, thank you, baby Jesus. that we made these decisions. But like, I heard so many people be like, I can, I mean, technically I was making, you know, $120,000 a year from my, I mean, there's not a lot of us out there, but $120,000 a year from my thing, but I can only get the PPP for $3,000 because technically I only paid myself on paper. A hundred dollars a month, you know, whatever it was. You see what I'm saying? But it's not even that. It's like if you actually think about it, um, a lot of them. I 100% agree with you, and I get exactly what you're saying. And that's just that was the part that it just kills me when I when I hear about this. So, for starters, all cash is not created equal. Yay, man, sister. Okay, just because your bank account just got hit with I don't know thousand dollars, you don't go and spend that thousand dollars. Like, realist, like understanding the definition of different kind of income, finances, different kind of cash and all of these things is how you sort of operate. And truthfully, if you don't have a good grasp of finances, how can you tell if you're actually running a profitable business? Girl, don't even get me started. Like how, how, how can you? And the other thing that I like kills me is like, if you, I don't know, buy your house toilet paper on your business. How can you tell you're running a profitable business? You got to run it lean. No, Otherwise, yeah. Oh my no. God, this is, this is probably my, my number one thing I teach in CC school and over on live with CC. Like, and the reason that we're having the peep retreat and it's business focused is because I started noticing that I kept having workshops and I kept mentoring and I kept talking to people. And the number one question I would ask people is, are you profitable in your business? Yes. I am profitable, CC. I do it three times markup. I charge 30%. Le- okay. Great. How much does it cost to run your business a month? There you go. What do you mean? How much does it cost to run your business a month? Yeah. What's oh. your overhead? Well, I mean, it's only like a couple of hundred dollars because I, no, that's more than no, that. no, no, no. But I work out of my home. So the right. only difference between you working out of your home and my 4,000 
square foot workspace is that mine's rent and yours is a mortgage. You're still using your house as your place of employment. We're still, I'm running water here. You're running water there. Mm-hmm. I have my power on here. You have your power on there. I've got cable. You've got cable and internet. Are you factoring up? Well, n- no, because that's my, ha- no, you're running your bit. Your water bill's gone up. So, so, so are you factoring? No, no. Yeah, you're right. I need to factor that. So, are you factoring the childcare that you have to get? Mm-hmm. Are you factoring in the gas? Are you factoring in when you go and take a workshop? Are you factoring in the people that you're paying to clean the vases and restock them back up? The wear and tear on your personal car. Gosh, no, Cece. I'm like, then you have no clue. Like, I know. <laughs> I know. And you don't have to go and buy every whatever new thing that just came out. You don't need the next shiniest toy yet perhaps but like you know it's just all of these things it's like yeah oh my god yes mm-hmm. i can yeah. talk about this all day <laughs> i mean like literally they'll be like oh i had no clue you would know what really floors them and 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 my teaching is so different than everybody else's mainly because i'm super transparent i i can't help you without being honest with you about like it doesn't mean no good to pretend like I'm somewhere I'm not or do that or to give an aurora like la 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 la. Like you need transparency. I need mm-hmm. transparency. I need to know what something, what reality looks like. So I'm very transparent in my teaching. It costs and it just went up. It costs on average $10,000 a month to run CC Designs. So people that look at me and they're like, it's a couple of hundred dollars. I'm like, so oh, you ain't got a clue. Like I'm not saying we're at, we're at the same level, but but I'm just saying you you're you're not putting you see a four thousand dollar check come in and you're like we got money just like you said all money is not equal no you don't have money because I guarantee mm-hmm. you you're not pricing right you don't know how much it costs to run your business so that four thousand dollar check that just came in it's really probably short a thousand dollars of what you really should be getting but you think you made four thousand dollars just because a piece of paper came in that says four thousand dollars on it mm-hmm. what you don't realize is that the way you run a business the way you're doing your finances the way you're you're underappreciating everything that you're doing in your business by the time it's all said and done those people that sent you that check you probably paid a thousand dollars to do their wedding oh but my god in your mind yes. You saw four thousand dollar check. I mean, you like mommy's got money to spend, and that's just not the reality. And that's no, we all do. Yeah. We've all done it. Oh, I, I've done it. Oh, I've, I've absolutely done it. And you know, three years ago, when I stopped doing weddings, no, four years ago now that I, when I stopped doing weddings, and it was draining, and I looked at the finances, and I'm like, you know what, um not going to do this. It's absolutely not worth it. Um, for me, it's not worth my time. You know, I, um, I know what my personal overhead is, you know, yep. me as a human to exist on the face of this earth but and have mean, a life. Right. I have an overhead. We all do. Right. I have certain fixed bills. I have certain variable bills that I want to then eventually, you know, tackle. Maybe, you know, I want to tack on a travel, uh, you know, once a month or whatever the case might be. Um, you know, everybody has a different kind of lifestyle. Um, I don't have kids, but had I had kids, then there's additional needs that come in. So yeah, I mean, when I, when I talk to people, my first question is like, do you know what your personal overhead is? Forget the business. Do you know what your personal overhead is? And they're like staring at you like, what are you talking about? What does it take to run you as a person to exist? You have to get clothes, car, transportation, food, shelter, whatever. All of these things cost money. 
Yep. What is your cost? Based on that, then what is your then desired lifestyle cost is that you then want to attack on? And then you can then decide if you're really making enough money or not, and then make a decision, okay, whatever I'm doing, is this working or not? Do I need to go get another job? Do I need to then revamp my business? Do I need to do whatever? That was my reality check. You know, we were at this dental conference, funny enough, and my personal overhead, I never thought about it like that. I mean, I know roughly how much money I spend a month, but like I never really looked at it from that perspective. I'm like, this sounds ridiculous, but I have to run my life as a business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's money in, money out and benefits, you know, spent or, you know, gained or whatever. So I'm like, all right, that was it. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping the weddings, period. That's it. For three years flat, I stopped, dove into education. And last year, 2019 was completely all business education. And yeah, I, girl, I spend, I don't know, close to $30,000 on all of that. And I just finished 80 some thousand dollar renovation. Yep. And 2019. And I'm like, but I have a plan. I know where I'm going. I know how this right. is going to go. You know, it was, yeah, I'm like, we're cool. All right. I'm good. Yeah. But, and I just think so many people don't look at it like you just said about a business. And like I said, I don't know if it's a, I hate to keep harping on the female mentality, but just so many of us were brought up. I think we're in this middle age gap, you know, to where like mm-hmm. you're, you're the mom and you take care of the kids and you know, your husband's a, and granted a lot of that has shifted and it's not really that old school, but I think we always have a tendency to, to take what we do and be like, it's the backseat, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, even with my husband, he has a business degree from Sanford university. I mean, he is brilliant. And the fact that he quit his job to come help me run, that's just not the norm. You know what I'm right. saying? Even other larger names like Mindy Weiss or people like that. I'm sure they have husbands that are like billionaire lawyers and there's still like the lower end business. But we just have a tendency to backseat what we do. Mm -hmm. And so therefore it doesn't gain the precedence or the the attention that it needs to be like, no, this is real. This is a thing. I I am I've got to run it like a serious business because that's where a lot of I think the love loss happens is most people get into it. Like you said, there's so many new businesses starting up right now. So many people get into it because the grass is green on the other side. I don't want to work corporate anymore. Oh, you own your own business and you do weddings. How beautiful, how much fun that is, blah, 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 blah. And they get into it and they get again, the perk to being a woman. A lot of times we don't have to have a full-time job, especially if our husband makes good money and, you know, we just need to contribute in some way. So yeah, you can go flower around and play with some flowers and to do what you, but then if you're a driven person or, or you, or you love it, or you, you want the success and you want to see the growth, you have this 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 juxtaposition of what well, now I need to start running it real and now it's going to take residence and all, I mean God we talk about it for hours and then then there's a tug of war between your family and being a mom and being a wife and how does that look and whose job takes precedence and you know so like I said the smartest thing I, I and I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that they've done it except for you to where you were just like eh, eh, stop like I'm just gonna stop it mm-hmm. I'm gonna quit trying to like run sideways 350 miles an hour. I'm just going to stop it. I'm going to pull it back. I'm going to go work on this that I know I can do just mindless, you know, like this is what I got it. All my mm-hmm. training here, I'm just going to go do this. And I'm going to take the passion project 
and I'm going to hone it and make it right because I can see it's trying to go somewhere other than just a hobby. And Mm -hmm. I think that so many people just do it as a hobby. And then what happens is they wind up, just like you said, working all the time, burnt out, angry, pissed. Like I'll be angry, burnt out and pissed off and be a billionaire and be totally fine with it. (laughs) But if I'm broke, angry, pissed off and burnt out, I'm going to be pissed off. So, so many people were doing that because they were just like, oh, I'm working all the time. I'm spending my wheels. I'm doing all these weddings. I'm not getting anywhere and I'm not making any money. I know I'm pricing right. You're not, you know, and it just, and so many people just wind up giving up. The whole, again, under understanding finances, that was my, that was probably the best money I've spent to sit there and listen to Keith Cunningham and get an education from the man, I'm like, uh-huh, keep preaching. And it was just, it, it was, it wasn't that it, 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 they were things that he didn't, I did not know, but it was put and delivered in the way that A, was digestible for me, but I guess in hindsight, I was ready for it. It wasn't right. that I couldn't understand it. I mean, you know, I have, I'm a, you know, I graduated college. I'm a dentist. I've got, I've got it. You know, I'm not. You're like, I'm, I'm not a dumb right here. Like, I know like how to thing. do that. Yeah, I've got the smarts. But it was kind of one of those moments. I was like, huh, what the heck was I doing up until this point? You know. But yeah, no, it was it, it was so crazy to me. And then I know quite a few people in the industry that when you look at their Instagram feed, for example, it's like blown out of proportion. They're on the top of the world, dominating the world and everything is the greatest and the biggest and the best and the whatever. And I know they have cash flow issues and I know they're struggling financially. And I'm like, oh, that's, that hurts. That hurts. You know, it hurts to see. And so many people think if I just, it's like, it's like the secret. Like if I just put it out there, it'll become reality. But I'm like, no, you got to do other things too to make that a reality. Do you know what was my favorite part about what you just said is how vastly different the two of us are. Like I didn't graduate college. I got to my third year and said, suck it. Like all I wanted to do was be a singer. I'm like, what am I going to do? Get right. a degree and being a rock star? Like, it, like I was just <laughs> going to college just to go to college. Like there was no desire whatsoever to do it. And My dad died around that time. And so I quit college. I mean, and I still have no desire to go back. I don't have a college degree. I did not want to run a business. I don't know how to do finances. You know what? I couldn't balance a checkbook. I mean, Mm. I barely passed high school. But you know what? But I work hard and I hustle hard so that I can pay people to do the shit that I can't. So... So I might not be, even to this day, I'm a savvy, shrewd businesswoman, but I would not look at me and be like, man, that girl's good with finances and left to my own devices. I could, it's, it's a catastrophe, but I have figured out where my flaws are and I have figured out where I, I, what is not my wheelhouse. And instead Mm -hmm. of thinking that I'm going to get awards for saying that I did it all and did it by myself, suck it. No, I am hiring. I am working hard and making enough money to hire the people to do the things that either I can't or I don't want to do. 
So I have people that handle the finances of this company and make sound financial decisions because I would be horrible at it. So it's so funny <laughs> that like, here you are, not only a college degree, but a doctor, you know, a doctorate of dentistry and running your own successful school and dentist and like how different our paths were and how bus- different our business background was, but still coming and being in the same little centrifuge area. And that just goes to show you how different the walks of life are of the, like how muddled the world is of wedding entrepreneurs. I mean, it's not a straight line. No, never a straight line. Right. So, and I think that's kind of what makes this industry kind of beautiful in a way. Everybody I meet has this other story that is just so fascinating which was the premise of my podcast initially when I decided that I wanted to do this. I'm like, I want to meet this people. I want to get to know these people. And what better excuse than this? And, you know, I realized I'm not the only person, right? I mean, I met you in person, you know, besides this, right? When you were in Maryland. Mm -hmm. But besides that, though, like there's so many people that I haven't met, but I ended up having conversations with them and it was wonderful. And I've enjoyed every second of it. And I'm pretty sure other people sort of hopefully enjoy this opportunity as well. But to piggyback on what you said, yes, there is, there's such a difference in like where we're coming from. But as I said earlier, it all comes down to the mindset. Whether you think you can or not, you're probably right. That's it, right? Absolutely. It's just just it. You make a decision and then make that right. And then you just go on. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was for me, you know, at that moment, it was, it was just that simple of a decision. It was that black and white, you Mm -hmm. know, there was no gray. It's like, all right, we're going this way or that way. That's it. Mm -hmm. Not doing the in between as much Mm -hmm. as I love it. I'm just not, you know, and the right brain, left brain fight was happening, of course, you know, the because the creative side of me was kind of shriveling and dying. So I started taking some workshops here and there as, you know, still having fun. I did competitions. I'm like, oh, this is fun. But no, I'm not doing a wedding because that's fun. Right. That's for me. That's my, that's the hobby that's side of this. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's fun. But when it came, yeah, the, it was so hard to say no to the first one. So hard. <laughs> it's like, am I making the right decision? Is this the right thing to do? And you can only say so many no's, yeah, until there is no more coming, you yeah. know. So yeah, 2018 was like not. And I'm like, and it felt like the best year ever in in the way that there's no stress. I didn't have to worry about any of it. Not that it's stressful. Like I started doing weddings in the middle of COVID in 2020 and it's amazing right. and unprofitable. You know, I, well, I decided to come back in 2020. I didn't know 2020 was going to come with, you know, whole array of trophies, you know, that we have to come oh carry on. So, and another thing too is, you know, I, I love what you said that you like to get to know people's stories and, and know more about them. I'll tell you a lot about me on like a much deeper note and personal side too is, there was a huge part of it that I have always been that person that if I set my mind to it, I'm going to accomplish it. Business, I'd always been told I was bad at it and that, you know, I could never keep a job and I was always going to kind of forever like be the black sheep of the family. And it almost kind of got to the point to where I was like, watch me, just watch me. Mm -hmm. I don't even know that I wanted I don't even know if I went into this saying, I want to rule the world in the wedding industry. I came into it more just being like, because you said I can't, 
back the F off and here I come. Like it, 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 it was almost like a, a, just a challenge of so many people being like, who are you? Where did you come from? Like, you can't mm-hmm. do this. You can't start your own business. You can't just do weddings. You can't, um, be on the Biz Bash 500. You can't be from Alabama and everybody give a damn who you are. You can't not know how to balance checkbook and run a business. You can't teach people. You can't change. And I was like, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me. <laughs> and I was literally yes. just like, the more I was told I couldn't do something, maybe it's just my obstinacy or my just like, just my inability to just accept. I mean, all my staff knows. They'll say, is this the sword you're choosing to die on today? And depending on what mood I'm in, I'm like, yes, it is. Because I'm just like, I'm ready to just go toe to toe with somebody who's telling me I can't do anything. And I just recently heard the Kardashians of all the people give me my, my, my newest life quote. Okay. Okay. I got to hear this now. Oh my God. It is my mantra. Like for the longest time, it's been so good. They can't ignore you, which was Steve Martin. Um, Never let them dull your sparkle. Like, like Mm -hmm. my quote of my life kind of always evolves. My, my one right now is if the answer is no, you're asking the wrong person. I was like, hell yes. That is my (laughs) mantra. I, I don't like, no, just doesn't sit well with me. You tell me, Mm -hmm. no, watch me, watch me prove you wrong. And I know sometimes that is not the best mentality to have, but Uh it's fear. It's just fears. And people, you know, a lot of times people are like, how did you get where you are as quick as you did? I'm like, because I am just a dog to a bone. It's part of my ADHD. It's part of my personality. It's part of how I'm wired. It's part of people telling me I couldn't do things when I was younger. And now I'm like, watch, like whatever it is. But I am just hell bent and burnt out on fire to just be like, tell me I can't do something and watch me burn past you doing it. And mm-hmm. I think that is just a huge makeup of who you have to be to kind of be in this industry and be successful at it. And that totally was just totally took a left turn. But yeah, that's that's hilarious because my husband always tells me this that that I, I am very much that way. And I blame my mom because you, like you said, yeah. sometimes it is not necessarily the good thing because my mom's second degree was child psychiatry. And I swear she practiced that reverse psychology thing on me so well that if she wanted me to do something, she would tell me that I cannot. And every time yeah. anybody tells me that you can't, my knee jerk reaction is, oh yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's like literally there's this knee-jerk reaction that just happens almost, you know. Nowadays, I'm a little more mellow in a way that I'm like, okay, do I want to fight that battle, you know? But yeah, when I was a little younger, it was almost like, oh, yes, it's on. <laughs> like Challenge accepted. Wait, how old are you? How old are you? Because it comes back around full circle because I'm 44. And let me tell you, it's gotten kicked up a notch since I hit my 40s. I'm oh my like, God, are you serious? Now. Bring oh, it. I'm, Tell me I'm 40. <laughs> I'm 40. So are you telling me that in four years, this is coming back? Full oh, yeah, full circle. Because in your 40s, you just <laughs> don't fun. give a crap anymore about what people think about you and how they feel about you. I mean, like you do. I mean, you care, but it, it doesn't define who you are because no. you're more settled yeah. into who you are. I mean, right. 
off the subject, but kind of on the subject, one of my favorite stories to tell just recently is a very, like, very high-end wedding planner group in my town. Not really had bad blood with, but just were like oil and water. And I had worked with them a long time ago when they first came into the business. And I was just kind of, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And because I'm a very genuine, very like mafia style type person, like you're my people. Like, I love you. I'll have your back forever. I will murder people and take kneecaps out for you. And like, <laughs> that's the kind of people I want in return. These people were clearly not them. Um, and so, you know, you fast forward about six years later to where, especially in my neck of the woods, I'm, I'm the top tier person in my field. And so somebody else was talking to them and was like, do you ever you like, you know, you should use Cece for more for your weddings. Like they're like, she's kind of like the best in our market. And they were like, yeah, well, we don't, we don't really like working with Cece as much because she's too loud. And, um, the type of clientele that she deals with definitely doesn't suit us. Now this goes in a different direction because the type of clientele that they were talking about was the color of the skin of a, over half of my clientele. So that's a whole different talk that I wanted to like cut them over. Oh man. Let me tell you, you won't get me fired up. You start saying racist things like that. But that's, but the, but those were the only two, what they felt were negative things that they could say about why they were not working with me. I was too loud and that I had too many African-American clients. That's basically what they said. And when this person told me, I know, when this person told me, I started to just unequivocally laughing, like just laughing out loud. And she was like, why are you laughing? She was like, that's horrible. She was like, I can't believe that they would say that about you. I was like, I'm laughing because they had every chance to say the worst, like they wanted to say the worst possible thing that they could say about me. They don't like right. me. And they wanted to say bad things about me and all that they could muster without weighing right. heavily on their conscience was that I am loud and I have black clients. Like, really? That's all you could come with? Oh, my with. God. You could really? come with, she does bad work. She doesn't deliver. She's not good. She's not on time. She Like, none of that. Like, you couldn't come with anything else but those shady, horrible, like, the, 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 that was the best you could do. So oh, I was wow. like... I was like, even when people want to cut you down, if you're living your brand right and you're running your business above board and you're putting your heart into it, does it matter how people care about you personally? Like, like it's taken mm. me a long time to realize that I'm not for everybody and I'm okay about that. And that as long as you're not going to run lies about me, so if the worst thing you can say is the type of clientele I deal with and that I'm loud. I have lived my life, my brand and my business perfect because there's wow. nothing else negative you can say about me. I, I'm good with that. That's okay. So next time that comment comes along, just give them earmuffs. Um, but there was a, you just reminded me of this quote that um, it was from a TED talk that I've listened to. Oh man, I want to say four, four or five years ago. I can't remember the girl's name. It's an African-American lady. She was all, uh, anyways, at the end of her talk, what she was, what she said was, and if there's somebody that ever comes along in your life and tells you, you're just shining a little too bright, leave room for somebody <laughs> else, honey, hand them sunglasses. 
Amen. I was like, yes. <laughs> there you go. So hand them earmuffs, my dear, and, and tell them to move along. Take the step in. Yeah. I just don't have yeah, no. like that in my life. But there's always yeah. going to be somebody out there doing that to you. Like, yeah. if, if you're, th- this was for a long time, I really had my feelings hurt, you know, you know, mm. why didn't everybody love me or, or, you know, I'm kind and I'm generous and I give freely of myself and ask nothing in return most of the time. And, I'm, and for like a long time, it was a personal, like, why don't people like me? And, or, or why didn't they, they want to use me? Or why didn't everybody love me? And then I kind of came to the realization that, like I said, I'm not for everybody, but that also it it just takes a special type of person in this industry to be okay with who they are, be okay mm-hmm. with what they offer, and that that it's as weird as it sounds that it's not personal. It's it, no. it has to be about the business that you. I, I would rather you hire me because you think I'm epic at what I do than just because you're like, oh, she's my friend and I need to hire her. Mm-hmm. Some shady handout. I don't want that. I want to be the best. I want to be the person that earned your choice at needing to do it. And if you're going to judge your business and how you run your business based on my personality and my joy and my excitement and my shining ability and my over-the-topness, that's your loss. That's not mine. Mm. I don't want your clients. I don't want to work with you. It takes a long time to come to that realization and not take it so personally that it's not a personal affront on you. Sometimes people mm-hmm. will try to turn it into that. And sometimes people will make it about that. But Lord, it's a whole other podcast talk that we can have about how you get around that. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't need for you to like me. I don't need for, like, I want you to like me, but I don't need for you to like me. Because if your client loves the work I do and they want to hire me, it doesn't matter whether you like me or not. Right. And not everybody's for everybody, right? I'm not everybody's cup of tea and I will never be. And if you try to please everyone, you're going to kind of please no one and you're going to drive yourself crazy at the end of the day. And this is something I tell my staff when, you know, every now and then they get their panties in a bunch, you know, about small little (laughs) things, right? I'm like, all right, well, hang on. So is there a possibility that whatever this is that could potentially have nothing to do with you, although you're taking it personally and has everything to do with whatever's going on with this person? per se. They're like, well, yeah. Okay. Well, do you think this calls for perhaps a conversation between you and the person that you're upset about? Okay. All right. Well, go on. There you go. (laughs) You're done. Go have a conversation. If you don't get a resolution, come back to me. I am yet to have a second conversation. I mean, can can you imagine how, I say this all the time and I love hearing you say that. Can, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. But can you imagine a world that we lived in that we didn't automatically think, assume the negative in a situation? Like, mm-hmm. like almost every time people got to dinner, they don't invite you. They don't like me. They didn't invite me. I was intentionally left out. You know, like our mind always goes to the negative talk to that negative place mm-hmm. of, you know, there clearly was a de- decisive decision against Mwah. And that's why this was done. And it didn't didn't start to really resonate with me until I so many people were getting their feelings hurt at me. And it's just in a personal scenario, not even a business thing. And they mm-hmm. were like, well, you said X, Y and Z. And I was like, 
well, shit, I was just kidding. Like, that, don't you know my personality? You know, and I'm assuming that you know that I'm joking and we're playing. But all of a sudden on that day, it took a left turn. And you were like, in that one moment, you were like, oh, she's totally serious. And I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, my God, I have no clue. And when you start to realize that things that you do, people take a different way, then you have to be very self-reflective at like things that people then do to you. And I've really tried, it is a struggle, but I have really tried to not always go to like the negative reason Mm -hmm. why something was done, but (laughs) seeing somebody, a planner that I love working with, giving a wedding that I would have been awesome for, like, why didn't they send it to me? Well, clearly they're mad at me and they don't want to send me any more weddings. Mm -hmm. I have failed, I have let them down. And it really comes to the fact that they had already booked their floral designer before they hired them as their planner. And if I take two seconds to ask that, then I probably would like, can you imagine the world we would live in Uh, if we went there first, instead of just always assuming it was a personal front. That's so funny. Um, my, my husband has a saying and every time if I ever get, um, I, I barely ever get upset about things like this anymore. It's yeah. Like you said, I'm like, okay, cool. I mean, all right, well, next, <laughs> you know, um, but if there's situations, I'm like, okay, if, if it bothers me and I'm having a conversation with him, I'm like, you know, I'm not sure how to take this one. And he always says, you know, don't blame it on malice. Anything that can be explained by ignorance and everything can be explained by ignorance. Oh, shut up. That's my new, you might've just changed my new quote. See, there you go. Boom. Take it away from the Kardashian. <laughs> Don't blame it on malice when it can basically be explained away from just ignorance. Yeah, that's it. And tell me, tell me anything that cannot possibly be potentially at fault because of that. I mean, everything. I mean, the way we yeah. treat people that aren't like us, the way we have prejudices yeah. and all those because we don't, because uh, we're ignorant about so many situations. Mm-hmm. We always Absolutely. Hear what oh, we man. <laughs> I, I, I feel like we need to like when this craziness is over we need to grab a drink and yeah. like literally go to town and this, this is this is so cool i do want to talk about your school i want to segue okay. into the school because i can talk about this all day it's like a pet peeve <laughs> i know but talk to me about your school so what it i know you're launching a new one right yeah. or the next session i guess i should say yeah. when is it in uh december, december? Mm-hmm. fantastic yeah. This is the first time nobody, I don't think we've told anybody that we're launching it yet. So this is kind of like, you heard it first here. Um, but mm-hmm. CC, school, CC School is an ongoing concept that I devised, I think, uh, almost two years ago. Um, I tried it all. I did masterminds. I went, you know, we started out with one-on-ones, two days, masterminds, group coaching. I kind of did it all. And then my husband, I give all the credit to, really kind of came up with this like group con- group teaching concept. And he was like, I've, I've learned a lot about it. You know, him's GT marketing, consulting, handling mm-hmm. all of my promotions, marketing, social media. He's really the brains of the group, him and SK. And he was like, I really think that the best place for us to do is just have everybody that wants to learn from you be in this one place. And they pay a monthly fee and it's just an ongoing thing. And so we called it CC School. And basically it's a paid membership group that mm-hmm. can only become a member of it when the carts open. And out of two years, I think we've only opened the cart three times and this will be like our fourth time. So it's mm-hmm. it's very like you can't get in it at any time. Um, 
But the way it works is every month we give a bare minimum of three teachings. We give a business teaching, we Mm -hmm. give a guest speaker, and then we have a design teaching. And that's a bare minimum. Usually we also drop a recipe or do some kind of fun tactile like discount or or something. And, and it's ranged from, we just had Valerie Gernhauser, who owns Sapphire Events, come in this month and educate on what luxury micro weddings look like and how to keep that, like how to keep, do micro without damaging your brand. We've had Megan Ely, Christina Berrigan, um, Natalie Good from A Good Affair. And if y'all don't know who she is, oh God, she's amazing. She's coming in December. We've had experts on Pinterest and Greg on social media. Um, and I do a lot of my teaching on, like I said, how to run your bottom line, how to do profit first, make sure you're making money, processes, what your contract should look like. I mean, it, the list goes on. Like we will never run out of topics. And then for our design teachings, we've done flower walls to boutonnieres. I mean, to hanging installations, to lantern-based center, like you name it. I really ask the school, like, what do you want to learn? What What mm-hmm. is some, something that, you know, you want in your arsenal? And I teach them, give them the recipe that goes with it. So all of that is every single month. And then once you've been a member of CC school for a year, you get your badge, you get like your graduation badge, but you don't really graduate because CC school's always evolving. Like, like I said, it's kind of like taking, I know you tested for your AISD. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so it's kind of like taking that concept, but instead of making you brain fry and learn it all in this lump sum time and then go test on it. We're just spreading it out ongoing. Like we teach the principle and elements of design, um, size and proportion, like everything that you need to know to be in an event design and wedding floral design business. But it's just over this ongoing continuous time. And sometimes like the principle and elements of design taught it three times. And every time we touch on something different, because you and I both know Principal mm-hmm. element design could go on and on and on. And we could never hit all of it. So, yep. so it's literally like a a school. Mm-hmm. And at the end of 2020, um, everybody that's been in the school for the year, you know, if like it was their first year, they'll get their 2020 badge. Right. Their second year, they'll get their second, you know, they'll have the 2019 badge plus the 2020 badge. And my goal is this is just going to keep going and, Till like nobody needs it anymore, you know? And so it's been $49 a month and all through COVID, I opened it up at $49 a month. I'm not sure if we're going to go up to $59 a month. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to kind of leave that kind of TBD. No but problem. I, I tell people all the time when I first launched CC school, we had a hundred and nine people join. Those are my rider dies and they got grandfathered in at $25 a month and they are loving life. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> but I told them when I first started it, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. We're, we're testing this out. We're going to see if it works. You know, <laughs> if you get in on it, like you'll be grandfathered in and those people still rub it in daily. They're like, we only paid $25 a month because it, for the value of what we mm-hmm. give away, it's insane. But th- that'll open, um, uh, in December. So I would love for anybody listening to be on our mm-hmm. wait list or nice. go join live with CC. That's my free group. I'm not in there 
near like I am in CC school, but it is like the first step. It's like, you know, the first step into to, to dancing more closer into the CC school world. But we do do some fun things over there. We have happy hour and we do some fun design teachings and um, Q&As. And just, it's really just a great hub for people to talk. We have a little over 2,000 people in live with CC. So it's a great mecca for people to just come and be, ask all the questions and have fun. Mm-hmm. But that's live with CC. And that is a private Facebook group in uh, on Facebook. And then mm-hmm. we have CC School. Mm-hmm. which will open up in December. And that is the paid membership group. Fantastic. And we'll share all of this show notes, like all of these links in the show notes. So yeah. all you guys have to do is just click a button. It'll take you where you need to go. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. And then you have another thing coming up in November. So I think... I have our first ever retreat, retreat, but I think retreat. Yes. But I think by the time we're airing, I think your retreat is in process, but can you tell us a little bit about that? So for the next one, at least we know what that is about. This is probably, if you were going to ever say I had a passion project, this is it. So when we kind of discussed earlier how I've become known for teaching way more on a business platform than even a design platform, and that wasn't like my original goal. It's because I became so passionate about seeing so many people struggle in business. And so when I launched the Peep Retreat, I wanted it to focus on business. I wanted to bring 10 entrepreneurs together, get secluded at my mountain house in the Smoky Mountains and focus on the not pretty. I mean, everybody wants the pretty, like the design, like everybody wants to go to the workshops and everybody wants to work mm-hmm. like Joy Proctor and like go do beautiful things in France. Like, yes, we all want to do that. But what good is any of that if you don't know how to run the business? Like what you and I were talking about earlier, like mm-hmm. how many design, um, you know, what am I trying to say? How many um, photo shoots, can you do styled shoots? How many workshops can you take? If you, you know that, I mean, how many before you realize that you're, you should probably be investing your money in learning what right. cost for my bottom line? What does it look like? Um, what do I want to make a year? Um, how can I afford to pay myself? You know, one of the things I've been asking is like a precursor to the peep retreat is I tell people, if you, if you can't answer, if your answer is no to any of these questions, why are you not there? Are you paying yourself regularly? Have you been paying yourself regularly for a year? Do you feel like your contract is ironclad? Do you know how much it costs to run your business each month? Do you have business insurance? Like any, uh, do, do you have anybody else that you employ on a full-time basis? Would you like that? Like if you answered no to any of these, why are you not there? Because right. like, it's great that you can design, but if you can't run the business, you wind up in a situation like both you and I've been into where you're like, this just isn't working anymore. And it mm-hmm. takes the love out of it. So the peep retreat is about the ugly. It's it's not, I mean, we're going to do some amazing things. Like we're going to have fireside chats and we're going to have pink pajama night. We're going to have a movie night. We're going to do some epic empowerment things that I'm so excited to do. The food alone, the closing dinner and the open dinner is amazing. But what it's really about is taking these 10 people and focusing on what it takes to run your business. I explained to my staff, I want these 10 people to leave with a foolproof way. Like 
all they have to do is not screw it up. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to help them implement their marketing strategy, their financial layout of their company, their workflow, like all of my staff, guest speakers, people we've had donate, curate's going to be involved, accent decor. Like we are literally putting your company together. Like what you stopped your business to do, to work on, Mm -hmm. we're going to do four days. And we are going to map out what the next year your business should look like. And I'm going to hand it to you and be like, go do it. That's literally what's going to take place at the peep retreat. And I'm just going to be like, don't screw it up. (laughs) On this day, you do this. On this day, you do this. Like we're going to formulate exactly what it looks like and the tools you need and how you need to be running your business for the next 365 days to where after the end of that, you're like, I got it. I got it. Like it, it. it's running like a well-old machine. And we're just taking everything I've learned over the past seven years, all the failures that I've had and the ways I've had to learn to fix it and amazing things that I've learned from other people and what it takes to make my business run. And we're going to just literally handhold you through it and make it work for you. Okay. I (laughs) feel like I wish you did that three years ago. When I had the epitome <laughs> or the, when the light bulb went off finally. But um, that's so good to hear. And as you said, everybody's running after the pretty and the workshop and all of these things. And you're right. Pretty much 99% of the people who want to do flowers, they don't deal with the business side of things. They don't even think about it. They're like, oh, I'll figure it out as I go. And only maybe about 15, 20% of them succeed, unfortunately. and yeah. If you look at any kind of business statistics, within the first five years, they're saying 80% have closed down. Out of the ones that are open, within the next three years, another half closes down. And then within a 10, 15 year spam, another, I don't know, 30, 40% have closed down. So hang on. So what, what are we saying here? About 5% of them succeed. Right. I mean, they, 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 if you make it past three years, you're golden. You make a profit and you're still open by five. Like you're exactly right what you just said. If you make it to seven, that's like your platinum wedding anniversary. If you make right. it over 10, hell's bells. And so right. like, I don't think like the fact that I'm still going seven years in with all the failures and everything I've had go wrong. It's about adapt and change. You have got to figure it out. And there's two schools of thought. Like you literally were like, I'm shutting it down to figure it out. But I was like, we're going to like change as we go. But one of those two things have got to take place. Mm-hmm. You're going to be that, like, are you're going to be still around? Like, it does you no good to still be around at seven years, but not be profitable. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it all comes down to having a business plan, mm-hmm. having a roadmap of your business, having a plan, any plan, a plan that's going to take you from a, point A to point B at X amount of time. Now, and be fluid in it too, mm-hmm. you know, be rigid. So if my plan, my plan didn't include COVID, you know? It just let up, <laughs> didn't, you know, nor anybody else's, but I had to be fluid about it and fit COVID into the mix of this. So yeah, I got behind maybe six months on my plan, but it was only six months, you know, it didn't shut me down. It didn't set me, you know, and all of those things. So yeah. Oh my God. This was 
amazing. Like I, I feel like I want to do eventually at one point, I want to do another one and just talk about literally just business strategies perhaps. Yeah. Cause this, this was fantastic. I, like I told you, I can sit here and talk about business stuff like all day, like, and not get tired of it. Sometimes I feel like I like that more than dealing with the flowers. But I do love the flowers, though. I still love the art, art side of things. So that being said, before we part ways, so of course, this is going to be all in the show notes, but please tell us again where people can find you if they already don't know. Yes, you, you know. can find me on every social media outlet known to man, of course, at CC Designs LLC on Instagram, Facebook. My personal account is CC Todd. You can find me in my private groups at, on Facebook at Live with CC, and then also hopefully become a member of CC School, which is a private group. Come check me out on Pinterest. Send a homing pigeon. I'm somewhere on TikTok. I mean, like literally, if there's an app for it, I'm on it. So you can find me. We stay pretty legit <laughs> um, across the board of some form of CC Designs or CC Designs LC, LLC. And if you can't find me, you can always go find my husband, GT at gtmarketing.com. A lot of people will be like, "What?" they'll find him to find me. If for some reason they can't find the pink flower. And all <laughs> That's the hilarious. But <laughs> where I am. Well, he's the marketing man. So, you know. Yeah. He's doing it right. Yes. Well, thank you, girl. I know I and you're sick and you're still sitting here and giving it all. I'm thank trying. you. That's I know it's so horrible, but I thank you so much <laughs> for me. I am so blessed and so excited to see that, that this is taking off for you and how good you're doing. And I was so excited that you asked me to be a part of it. So thank you for having me here. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye. All right, guys. That was it. Told you. You're going to love her. I hope you did. I hope this sparked your interest to go and check out her online classes. Be sure to check out the show notes and our website page where we're going to have all of the links leading up to it. And there's a quick little downloadable that you can click on and grab for yourself just, you know, to keep it in your back pocket if you want to make sure you can reach out to her on all her platforms. And in parting, I just want to remind you again, we are still giving away one of Christine Gill's books. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, follow us on Instagram, tag us, and all that good stuff. And you may be one of the lucky winners of Christine Gill's books. See you next time. Well, it's a wrap. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for tuning in to Viva La Flora Live podcast. We'll see you next week. 